Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we have an amazing guest, J.D. Bergman, who is a three-time All-American wrestler at Ohio State. He was on Team USA as a wrestler. He was on the Foxcatcher movie as one of the... Steve Carell. Steve Carell, Channing Tatum as one of the extras. And he's also a darn good impressionist as well. So hope you enjoy this edition of Tell Us a Good Story. The story of my life, I take her stuff are you ready for this one this is gonna be good this am, is gonna be good i am super super excited about having this conversation yep very very excited so ladies and gentlemen our next guest is a man of many talents he's a world-class wrestler motivational speaker and health advocate and if that's not enough he's also a wrestling broadcaster for the big 10 network an actor and what appears to be a darn good impressionist as well. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Mr. J.D. Bergman. There Hello, we sir. go. Appreciate it. So, there are so many oh things. Oh, my gosh. So many directions I want to take this. That we could go with this. Yes. But can Absolutely. I go first? Sure. Go ahead, honey. There's okay. a lot. So, Foxcatcher, <laughs> Steve Carell, The Office. I mean, you had like, oh, my gosh. Channing Tatum, too. Channing Tatum. But Steve Carell. I mean, yes. how was that? So he was an extra. From, yes. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, J.D. You were well, an actually, extra. Actually, technically, technically I, I got a role written into the movie because of my impressions. No what? way. So I, I, I got paid SAG on the movie. Did you really? Okay. Yeah. So, so you're a wrestler. How, walk us through. How did you get this part? Any good stories you have from being on the movie Foxcatcher? In 2012, my goal was I had 17 years put into uh, the sport of wrestling, and my goal was to make the team and win the Olympic gold medal. And I was actually 4-0 against the guy that made the team. I messed up first round of Olympic trials and ended up getting third, which doesn't get you anything but third. Um, <laughs> and and I, did, I did not make the team, but I was the, I was the training partner of one of my best friends. He was the Olympic heavyweight. He was a two-time Olympian. Uh, he's the Ohio State coach, Travel DeLognev. And um, I went to London with him. And actually, there's another story about being in a locker room with LeBron, talking to him there. Oh, my. And we were training at the same same facility. But basically, short version of that story is the guy that I was 4-0 against, the American, won the gold medal. And really? um, I, thought, I thought after all the injuries I had been through, and we'll probably get into all those at some point today, I thought that my career was finished because – I had already been through so much physically. So I went ahead and went from my training weight, uh, which was 225. And in like less than three weeks, I had gained 20 pounds. Um, and um, which is part of the reason why I feel like I can relate to almost anybody because I love pizza and ice cream as much or more than every human alive. Um, and I don't think most people have gained 20 pounds in three, in weeks. three weeks. Or no, it might have been, it might have been two weeks. I, I forget. Um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was two weeks. It was two weeks. I gained 20 pounds in two weeks. And, the, and by the way, wrestlers can cut weight and then get, I've gained 17 pounds in four hours after I cut what? weight. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I've also lost 30, I've lost 35 pounds in three weeks before. Oh my what? goodness. So, 
So there's, there's a lot to that, but that wasn't, a, that wasn't a normal thing. I went from heavyweight to my Olympic weight that, so I went from like 245 to 211 for the, to try to make the Olympic team in 2008. And I blew my good knee out, which is my fourth knee surgery in three years. So, but anyways, going back to London, I came back from London and this guy that I, you know, so essentially I was like, man, I, if I wrestled differently, that could have been my gold medal, whatever. Yeah. And feeling bad for myself. So I, I literally, I was, I was praying a lot. I took my Bible to Canada to meet a, to meet up with a friend of mine. This is, this guy is a chiropractor and has six kids. He's in a, he was actually ended up in my wedding years later, but he said, come on up here and just, you know, just to, to relax. Well, I don't have a job. Right. I, my full-time job was training and I thought I was gonna retire. So I, I stuffed my face. I took my Bible. I went to Canada and while I'm up there, uh, I, I found out that they're still casting for this movie, this wrestling movie. And I literally was, I was like, there is not another human that would be a better extra in a wrestling movie than, than me. I was in acting and sports or um, I've done sports broadcasting with ESPN and, and, and big 10, like you said, but I was in musicals and choir in high school. Um, I loved, I, I've always loved that type of thing. And so I, I could not be at the audition because I was in Canada right. and I committed, I committed to God that I was going to just be there to seek discernment on what my next step was. So I just sent in an impromptu. I knew somebody that was working on the film that was a, a national champ from Harvard. And I, I shot him and I said, can you get this to the director or whatever? So whatever. So I had some favor in that. And the director, Bennett Miller, who directed Moneyball, he, he said that, um, I didn't know this. He didn't tell this to me, but he actually wrote a part into the movie for me. I filmed it and I, I did now here. Arnold Schwarzenegger is not funny after 45 minutes. So when, <laughs> when I'm doing Arnold Schwarzenegger, like impression, I'm, I'm, my, my, my line was supposed to make fun of this like fatter heavyweight guy. Okay. And, and we were all at a, at a cookout. Well, if you see the movie, which I don't promote the movie necessarily, it was done really well, but it's just, anyway, um, when you see the movie, that scene's not in the movie. It was too funny. It was it. It didn't fit the dark, the darkness. Really, the dark, you know. So that movie got the 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 line got cut, unfortunately. But you see me maybe like three times in the movie. But the speaking line didn't make it in there. But during that scene, see, so far up into that scene, everyone said like I hung out with Mark Ruffalo because Mark Ruffalo played Dave Schultz, and Dave Schultz was such a good person. He was very involved with I think like FCA and and he. The Russians loved him. This guy really? was loved, loved by the Russian people. Dave, it, it, so just so people know, Dave Schultz was murdered in 1996, and that's when I started wrestling. Basically, I didn't know how big a deal it was. It would, it would literally be like Peyton Manning being murdered. Right. It, it, he was that, that big, big of a deal. He was that big a deal globally in the sport of wrestling, and he was a he was an Olympian, Olympic gold medalist. Anyways, so Mark Ruffalo played that role extremely well, and he's a very good actor now. Um, Steve Carell is a funny guy, right? He, he's playing, he's playing a bipolar. He had to gain weight for the role. And so he was more so method acting. So basically they told all the extras, all the real wrestlers and, and some guys that wrestled in high school or right. they said, don't basically don't talk to them. And so I, I respected that. And, and, uh, you know, they're usually in their trailers and stuff. Um, one night, one night I actually, before I was, I was done filming, I went back in the makeup trailer just because, cause I'm always like shaking hands and, um, I go in there and literally Channing Tatum, I had not met him yet. He goes, he must be JD. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, what, what the heck? <laughs> so the other wrestlers were talking to him about me or something. And he, he dapped me up and stuff. And I always, when I speak to kids schools, I tell all the girls that Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum, well, Channing Tatum actually hugged me with his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't shower for like two weeks. 
So, uh, but I go over to talk to Steve as we're all done. Everyone's leaving, going home. And I just said, Hey Steve, it's a, it's a real honor to work with you. I think I've watched every episode of the office. I'm a big fan. And he, he goes, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a pleasure as well. You were hilarious. And, and I, I was like, and I, I played it cool. Right. But, but in my head, I'm like, Steve Carell, you, you just told me that. Like, what? That's so, amazing. So yeah. Steph, how I came across JD. Okay. I want to, I want to tell the story. We have a mutual friend, mm-hmm. okay, Walter. And he's like, you know what? And, and JD, I get this a lot now that we've started this podcast. I get a lot of people say, Hey, you know who you should talk to? And we had one individual who said, hey, you should interview such and such. We heard her speak a few years ago. And so I looked them up and come to find out they had passed away like six years ago. <laughs> so I'm like, I need people who are actually still living, right? So I had Walter say, you know who you should talk to? J.D. Bergman. And I go, who is that? He's like, who is that? Are you kidding me? You don't know who J.D. Bergman is? I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't. I'm, I'm dad. I'm, you know, we're just trying to survive each day. <laughs> Taking care of three little ones. He's like, he's a wrestler. And I'm like, like a cage fighter? Like steel chair cage match? He's like, no, no, no. He's a real wrestler. I'm like, oh. So I look you up, my friend. And forgive me for not knowing the name J.D. Bergman. Steph, let, me, let me read this off, okay? Now, this, is gonna, this, this may embarrass you, but I want people to know. How big of a deal you are. How big of a deal you are, my yeah. man. Oh, my gosh. So, Steph. JD went to Oak Harbor High School, which is what about a half hour outside of Toledo. JD, it's right between Toledo and Sandusky. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. So northern part of Ohio, two-time state champion wrestler. He, after he suffered a, an injury his sophomore year of high school, he went eighty-five and zero his junior and senior years in high school. Eighty-five and and zero, and was eighty won eighty-six matches in a row in high school. He was also an all-state running back in football in high school before moving on to the Ohio State University three-time All-American wrestler. He was an NCAA finalist. He was an NCAA academic All-American, so he's a smart dude as well. <laughs> then he moved on to Team USA. What did you wrestle at? 213 pounds? Something like that? Yeah, that was a, it's around there, yeah. Okay. Eight-time international tournament champion, 14-time international tournament medalist, Two-time U.S. Open champion, two-time USA World Team member, 2010 USA Wrestle Wrestler of the Year, top ten in the 2010 World Championships. He was part of seven USA World Teams. Then, on top of that, of course, he has a role in Foxcatcher. He's on ESPN doing commentaries <laughs> on the Big Ten Network. So I think it's official stuff. I like when I grow up, I want to be like that guy <laughs> right there. Oh my goodness! And so, so JD, impressive. I was looking at your bio. And so your father wrestled in college. He also mm-hmm. played football in college. Yeah. You're one of five children. So I was telling Steph, I'm like, Steph, can you imagine what their home life was like back in the day? I mean, wrestling, my mom's competing. Still, my mom's still recovering. Yeah. I can only imagine. Well, how many boys were there? So my mom had five kids in seven years. And oh. uh, I always joke, like, she's still recovering. Um, <laughs> She three boys all year apart and then two girls. I don't even want to know. Like being a mom now, I don't even know what her grocery bill was for you. Oh my God. Oh no, it was was crazy. I was just telling people they get so surprised. I, when I was real little, I would eat a 20 piece chicken nugget by myself and I would, I'd eat, I remember I could eat a medium pizza by myself, maybe more, but that, but I, I remember making, if I was hungry for lunch, I would make three peanut butter jelly sandwiches with like six pieces of bread, like three sandwiches. And I could eat 
I could eat a, I don't even know a dozen eggs. I wouldn't, I would eat like four usually eggs, but anyway, let me give you guys some props real quick. And I want to almost like hit the ping pong ball back to you. Um, like when I, the first impression I get, first of all, props to you guys having synergy as a married couple, you guys doing that in the culture today is needed. So oh, I hope a lot yeah. of people are able to see this Thank because you. one, first of all, having personalities that are able to have a podcast is really cool. Secondly, to see like a thriving marriage. How long have you guys been married? Say it. 15 years. Good man. 15. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. So, so praise God about that. I mean, a lot of things in culture, the, the, the family unit's been like attacked in a lot of different ways. And it's really been splintered by the corporate world and a lot of things. So it's cool. You guys are doing this together. Um, Thank you. And then, and then also here's, let me make you make sure you feel good about not knowing who JD Bergman is. <laughs> No one cares about wrestling in America. So, <laughs> and, I, and I don't, I don't mean to belittle that. Hopefully wrestling fans don't see this and like feel bad about it, but let's be real. Um, in Iran, which I've, I've shaken Ahmadinejad's hand at the world cup and in, in Tehran, Iran and in, in Russia, in Russia, I would have been a millionaire. Wow. And, really? and, and it's, it's like their NFL, but here, no, for you, for you to know me would be very surprised. You have, again, a phenomenal background, JD, with being an All-American, Ohio State, being on Team USA. Mm -hmm. So what, I guess, first off, what led you to go to Ohio State out of, out of high school? They said I could play football, and they introduced me to Coach Trestle, and I was never going to wrestle. Football was way more fun, way easier not to put football down. It was just way, way more enjoyable. I love football way more than wrestling. I, I love, and people, I love wrestling too. Like, right. but I wanted, anything you do, you should do with excellence. If you're going, and the way you do anything is the way you'll do everything. And I've got to really challenge myself in some areas of my life, you know, nutritionally speaking and stewarding my body and stuff. And I'm still working on some things because of the mental side of that and cutting weight and all these things I've learned about health. But I chose Ohio State because I could play football and I was going to make the football team and never wrestle again. Really? Wow. Yeah. And that was that tailback? No, I would not have started at tailback at Ohio State. I wasn't fast enough, but I think I would have for sure started linebacker or or fullback. So once you got to Ohio State then, mm -hmm. take us from there then. Did did you go through spring practice? Did you try out yeah. fall camp or how, how did that happen? Yeah, Coach Tressel is a good friend and he still sometimes makes fun of me um, because I had a good leg and because... I had torn cartilage in my chest from NCAAs and I had broken my hand at the US Open. I was still wrestling. So I got third in the country as a true freshman in, in wrestling. Oh my and I, was like, I got I gotta get on the football team as fast as I possibly can. And but I couldn't do contact. So I couldn't really like right. play. But I was like, well, let me punt then. So I punted in the spring spring game because I had a good leg and my good <laughs> my good punts were good, my bad punts were bad. And um, I had never had a punting coach, so I didn't even know good technique for punting. Oh my god! I, I had a good, I had a good future. I think if I if I want if I wanted to, but I I was I was just going to punt to get on the team and then and then go to fullback or or linebacker, probably linebacker. I think it would have been James Laurinaitis, Marcus Freeman, and me in my like. Anyway, who cares? That's so far <laughs> long ago. Um, but. I was 19, thought I could do it all. And I was, I was still going to wrestling practice at wrestling US Open and trying to go to spring practice. And, and yeah, I was just immature. But it's funny because they snap, the snapper snapped it in the grass. 
and it was a, it was a bad snap, but I should have caught it. It hit the, my fingertips. I stepped, I had to step, step, take a step forward. Long story short, I got my punt blocked in front of 70,000. Oh people. no. And that was my career. Cause I tore my, <laughs> no, I tore my, I tore my ACL in wrestling the, the following year. And then I had three more knee surgeries. The last one blowing my knee out at the U S open after cutting 35 pounds to make the weight. But yeah, I was heartbreak my senior year. I was about 240, 245, and I, I I lost in like double or triple overtime to somebody that cut uh, weight from 350 to make the weight. So whoa, whoa, wait, did he, you say 350? Yeah, he yeah he got 350. Yeah, so he he weighed. He had to cut. He had to make 285 or like 295, but like he would cut weight. So he was probably well over 300 when we wrestled, and it was an, it was unfortunate the way. I actually, anyway, long story, but that, that I think oh. not, not winning a national title when I really think if my mind was right. And this is why I speak a lot on focus and mental health and focus off the field. And, and I'm, I'm working with kids a lot. I'm putting their phone down and realizing what, what they're doing to their brain. Because I, if I, if I could have shut my brain off and just autopilot wrestled my best, <laughs> the results would be yeah. a lot different and not, not to put down the results that were there, but I've learned a lot about how the brain works on neural pathways, how they're built up. And which is funny because I hated school with a passion. And, um, now I, one of the biggest things I tell people and kids is, is about the, the power of reading and reading the right books and getting around the right people and developing the right habits will determine where you go in life. And, uh, Anyways, I don't know where that went, but that's where Ohio State started. He had me at 350. Like, so, I'm, yeah. I'm envisioning like walking out on the mat and yeah. I see somebody at 350. I'm like, that's a sumo wrestler right yeah. there that I got to try to pick up. Well, isn't like we watch, we have watched UFC and it almost seems like, you know, you go in for weigh in, you're cutting weight and then you don't wrestle or for another day. For another day. So then you could gain that weight back, right? Yeah. So that just blows me away. So in wrestling, JD, how much time did you have to get fluids back into your body before you had to compete? After uh, Mates was an hour. And so you have to do it the right way. They've changed that over the years. So um, in freestyle, you could weigh in the day before, like Olympic styles, you could weigh right. the day before, kind of like UFC. But they've even changed that a little bit. I think they're doing day of now. So you have to do it the right way. So it's you're healthy. It's, you do want to be the most effective in wrestling to be nationally very good or, or world-class you have to every second of your life is that just like, just like most, most Olympic athletes, or most pro athletes, you have to eat right, sleep right and do it all right. So that you have the most power and energy per your body weight. So you don't right. want to have wasted, you don't want to have wasted body weight with any fat, but you don't want to cut too much weight either that you don't have energy. I want to know out of all of your wrestling career, yeah, all of your meets and everything. What is the one that you remember or the one that stands out to you? A good one, not... Yes. Yeah, I came in second. Because people always uh, really remember the bad, the one bad. Yeah, bad. no, yeah. no. I, I, a lot of a lot of seconds and a lot of thirds, unfortunately. I really got focused when, after I lost and then I came back and got third a lot. And that, that was... That, that was one of my biggest ones my freshman year. I lost first round at NCAA tournament. And then I, I was the third guy in history to come back and win seven in a row to get third. And then I, I did that my junior year and came back and got, but I got fourth. If I'd have done it twice, we'd only got to do it twice. But my, to answer your question, it's actually my junior year in high school. I was wrestling a guy that I think he had beaten me before, like a couple years earlier. And he was 45 and one or something. 
and I was 41 and 0. And so we were, you know, the two best guys and, um, and I pinned him in the second period and like going like zero, zero match. And then, and then pinning that feeling was phenomenal. So, and my uncle, Mike, who's in Louisville, Kentucky, great, great guy. He made a highlight tape with that in it and stuff. And oh, it, nice. It was, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. So moving on, mm-hmm. JD, I, one thing I do want to ask you about, because I know a lot of people today do not handle adversity well. Right. People do not ha- handle setbacks well, whether it's your business life, a health issue, mm-hmm. a financial issue, whatever. And so for you to get to the level that you did, right, there was a price you had to pay, right? Discipline and things you had to overcome, some of your setbacks. So can you tell people what some of the injuries that you had and you had to deal with to overcome, to, to get to, te- just to get to Team USA? Successful people have developed their mindset like a duck on water to have emotional stability and realizing that failing is part of the process of becoming great. And then you just keep learning from that. So you, you don't really become a failure unless you decide that's your destination once you fail. But for me, so I broke my back in high school my sophomore year. And you don't usually break your back as a high school right. sophomore. And that was my first major injury. And then when I tore my ACL, like my sophomore year of college, that was my second major injury. But, you know, I just did whatever I could. So, you know, I had uh, basically had the broken back in high school, four knee surgeries in three years at Ohio State. Doctors started telling me to retire in 2008 and think about quality of life. And then the one of the worst injuries I ever had. So I torn both my shoulder labrums a bunch and doctors said I needed to get those surgically repaired, which is not true. If anyone's listening to this and they're telling you, you need shoulder surgery, 57% of rotator cuff surgeries re-tear. It's a, it's, 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 it's a money-making process. And by the way, doctors are great people. They learn to be surgeons are good at what they do, but there's just better ways. Usually the, I was wrestling in Belarus, some roided, roided up Russian dude pushed me out of bounds. I landed on my hip and it, like, it was like a lightning bolt shot down my leg. And this is a great, great story. I was in LA at the disc sport and spine. They are arguably the number one place for the guy that's there. Dr. Bray. I, I really like Dr. Bray a lot. They did a three hour diagnostic with me, my full body x-rays, everything for free. They treat Olympic athletes for free. They give millions to Olympic athletes for free. Wow. How long was in the waiting room? It's a big multi-million dollar facility. The guy that Dr. Bray invented the microscope that they use for discectomies, back surgeries for discs. Mm-hmm. Now he looked at my, uh, in my eyes and said, if you don't get this back surgery, your, your legs about 50% damaged nerve, nerve, nerve damage. And I had torn a disc in my back and it was bleeding on my spinal cord and pushing my spinal cord over, not didn't feel that good. Let's just say that. Right. Um, they said I had like a 20 some year old leg and a 70 some year old leg, basically nerve wise. And this is in 2011. And, you know, I'd made the world team in 2010, which is basically the Olympic team and non-Olympic year. So I made the world team. In, yeah. How old were you during this time? Um, so I graduated from Ohio state in 2008 and I probably was around 22. Wow. So, wow. And to have that nerve damage yeah. in that one leg. Yeah. So they, so he said, if, if I know you, he said, I know you train for Olympic son, but if you want to play with your kids one day, you probably need to get this surgery. You don't, you don't have another option. I was 95% sure I was going to go ahead and get, I guess that would be my fifth surgery. Anyway, I was in, I was in Dr. Bray's office and this is the, 
arguably the best back surgeon in the world telling me that I don't have another option. If, if that surgery went well, I'd have needed one every 10 years, the rest of my life. Really? And if, if those all went well, how good are back surgeries really doing for people? So with all the injuries, what you've said, didn't you have a car accident too sometime in there? In 2014, I spoke at Ohio State Wrestling Camp and I was driving up 71, Interstate 71 to Cleveland to speak speak to about 300 kids and coaches up there. Team Ohio is going to speak to. And I was driving 80 and 70 and took my eyes off the road. I wasn't texting, but I had my buddy's uh, phone charger in my car and I was I had to put my phone in the cup holder and stuff. And when I looked up, I was going to hit a semi going 80. Um, and I guess, well, basically to chronological order, I, I had to avoid the semi. I tried to correct and my Jeep started flipping and felt like a, a giant was crushing my pop, uh, my, my Jeep, like a pop can ended up upside down skidding for a while. I didn't know if I was still in the road, but three miracles happened. One, I wasn't scared. I had peace that surpasses all understanding, uh, but I remember closing my eyes and I said, Oh crap. It was very, very surreal, right? Like really surreal. And so I get out and I hear one guy, some guy yelling, like, are you okay? Like, and he was like cussing at cars, like get, get over get it. Yeah. So I, I was, I start, I was speeding in the right lane, not a good idea. Um, and I flipped all the way, like, I don't even know how many hundreds of yards and to where I, I ended up in the median on the past the left lane, three lanes or whatever. And, and, uh, so I get out cause I didn't know again, if I was in the road, if I was gonna get hit again, uh, or, or if I was gonna, I saw, thankfully I didn't hit any cars and, um, that I guess would be a fourth miracle. But the second miracle was when I got out of the car, three people knew who I was on an interstate. One, one guy has known me for over a decade. He goes, Oh my gosh, this is Jenny Bergman. He's one of the most wrestling. And I'm just, I'm just like, I'm one, I'm in shock from the accident, but two, right. I'm just like, I'm just like, no autographs, please. <laughs> no, no, no. I just like calm down. No, he, he, he was just like freaking out that he knew that I'm, and right. th- thankful to him, like he stopped to help with a car accident, right? He had no idea it was me. And, um, but there was another guy, old guy in the sixties, white hair, had a, had cauliflower ear. He knew my dad watched my career. And then, then the first kid, he waited for, and he's in his twenties, waited for an hour and a half, filled out a police report. And the third miracle was he gave me a ride to the school that I was going to. And 20 minutes into the ride, he goes, I knew I recognized you. We worked together on the Big Ten Network. So he what? was like in the back. So he was the third person to recognize me. And he's the one that waited around. He didn't recognize me and he volunteered his, give me right. He goes, I'm going to Cleveland anyways. So I still got to the school with dirt and blood on my face. I still did the talk. And, um, and coaches, co- coaches were like, well, do you want, this one coach asked me three times, do you want to shower? You shouldn't want to shower. And I'm like, no, this is more authentic. Let's go. And I, and I showed wrestling technique. Um, and then I realized that my shoulder did hurt a little bit. I had a bruise on my shoulder. You're like, okay, kids, let me tell you about commitment. All right. <laughs> Here's a real life lesson. Okay. I got in a car accident, flipped up. You can see my outfit is to shreds. And but yet bloody. I still made it here to give this speech to all of you students. Exactly. That is what you call commitment, JD. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Actually, I got I to ride, th- ride there. Uh, there was a chiropractor adjusting the kids for free. They tend to do that a lot and give, give up their time. Oh, yeah. And then I got a ride back to Columbus from him. And then I got a ride to a business meeting that night. <laughs> so when did you get checked out? Did you get uh, checked out? No. 
No. I was fine. Oh, yeah. why would he? He walked no, it all, off. All the, He's Jenny Bergman. All the cops, all the cops and paramedics said they've never seen someone get out of a car and look like that. Well, yeah. So that, I, I mean, that's I, a miracle. Technically, I got out of the, like, technically, I got checked out on the scene, but then they showed up. But, oh, my goodness, JD. That's yeah. amazing. And then just continued with on your, your day, your wrestling career. That's phenomenal. Moving on. One thing that I'm very impressed with, JD, along with everything else you've mentioned. (laughs) One thing (laughs) with everything else. But you referred me to look at your inteamnow.com. And so when when listeners go to that website and look at Inteam, can you tell listeners what you do to inspire others with that website and your platform that you've built? I don't know what year it was. I should know that. But in five days, two of my friends committed suicide. And I, I almost, I don't look for people to feel bad about it. Everyone's, I think, been affected by that now. With InTeam, InTeam is short for inspiration team. And anybody can be an inspiration to somebody else. I don't care how little someone thinks their story is. We have division three athletes. We've got financial planners. We've got Probably someday we'll have Tebow and Dungy and all the bigger names. But what we're doing, what it is, is a place that is safe. It's a place that people can share inspirational content. Has to be under two minutes. All you do is hit the inspire button and you can share a video. If you don't feel up to sharing a video, that's fine. At least subscribe and we'll we'll send you a video with a little paragraph out to your email probably every other week or so right now. But the bigger vision of InTeam is absolutely surreal it's to create basically a it'll help lead masses to a safer uh social media platform in the future that has no pornography no selfies no cat videos um you just don't need them um the problem right now in our culture if kid if a kid gets something good maybe they listen to this podcast maybe they hear coach trestle say something maybe they maybe they got something you know through from gary v you know minus the f words but Maybe they got something good. I like Gary Vee a lot. If they keep scrolling, if a kid even goes to church today, if they jump on Instagram for four hours, neurologically, they didn't go to church. Right. Mm. It, it, it's, it's kind of, it's it, right now, the, these things, they're not going anywhere. That's why we made it um, a platform online. Eventually, we'll have enough funds to make it an app. And... We believe that if you get the right stories, and for us, we're just the tip of the iceberg. We're just the two-minute little clips that someone can relate to. We vet everything. All the videos are looked at before they're posted. Uh, we tag everything to make them easily searchable, and we bring the right stories in the, into the right eyeballs. So kids can find the stories that demogra- demographically relate to them, geographically relate to them. They can search by team, by sport, by whatever. We're starting in sports, but I'm also working with the police and fire and, and uh, first responders and veterans to help lower the PTSD suicide rate. And um, that's atrocious. Uh, they see a lot of dark stuff too. They just need to recalibrate their mind. They need to renew their mind. And if we don't renew our minds, we'll be conformed automatically. Absolutely. I love it. Steph, do you have any other questions? I have a ton of questions, but that would last us for the next I, five hours. And I want to be sensitive to JD's time. JD, exactly. is there anything else you would like to talk about? Maybe we need to do some impressions just to like... <gasps> we, yes. yes. We didn't want to like bring it up if you didn't want to. I would love Kevin, that. Kevin, like, well, we don't. We have to like feel them out. We don't want to... Can, can, can we throw them out there and you just... Yeah, you yeah, just, yeah. Sure. That's, that's better than me doing them. Yeah. 
let's do let's do impression time here. Okay. Okay. So Steph, this dude, JD, on his jdbergman.com, he has like a two and a half minute clip of impressions. And I love it. Okay. So JD, if you don't mind, I would love to see a couple a couple impressions. So Snoop Dogg. Go. Yo, what up? This is Snoop Dogg, Gene Hizzy. What up, dog? Yeah. Uh, yo, you know that show used to do Doggy Fizzle, Televizzle? Um, no. Uh, yeah, no one does. So, yeah, that was terrible. But you remember this, though? Laudy dowdy, we likes to party. We don't cut trouble. We don't bother nobody. What up, dog? Okay. But- <laughs> I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that. Okay. You okay. Ready? Are you ready yes. for this stuff? Number one. Because you, you didn't see this. All right. Yes. Can you do Shrek and Donkey? I'll tell you what, this is a, your house looks a lot nicer than where, where I live in my swamp. Shrek, what are you talking about? Who lives in the swamp? Come on now, Shrek. Donkey, how the heck did you get here? Oh, oh. I follow you anywhere, Shrek. We've been friends a long time. Donkey, I told you, it's my swamp and I live there. Oh, oh, that's a nice boulder, Shrek. That's a real nice boulder. Shut your furry mouth, Donkey, before I put my foot in it. Oh, you're just jealous. These, these guys like me more than you. Come on now, Shrek. JD. This is like this would be an amazing party trick. Like oh, it totally any, would. Like any party this man is at, just pull the just pull these out. Like what else you got? Wait, let's do another one. Do another one. Okay, ready? Okay. Ron Burgundy. Oh, I haven't done that in a while. You want me to skip um, it? Yeah, no, no, no. I so I usually do. So Ron Burgundy's actually it's very similar to uh, Goulet Nature. <laughs> I'm gonna do a song for you. Formerly done by Nelly. It's called the Thong Song. Bumps like a truck. Truck, truck, thighs like what? What, what, Thong Song today? So, yeah, so his his uh, burgundy is similar to that. Okay. The sensei off of Napoleon Dynamite. The martial oh. arts instructor. Man, I literally forgot I do a lot of these, yeah. Do the game around house kick the face? When I'm wearing these bad boys, forget about it. Do you think I'm ashamed going home to startle at night? Do you think I got where I am dressed like Peter Pan over here? <laughs> bow, to your sen- bow to your sensei. Oh my gosh. Okay, okay, I want one. No, no, I want one. Well, he. I've got a list here from his, his video. I get one. You're just going to make up a random one? No, because I, I listened to him. He said with Carell. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, that was the last. Cross- that was the last one on my so list. You need to trust me, babe. Good okay. work. Good work, Cuddy. Napoleon Kip will save that. Um, hello, dear. It's very good to see you. Yes, I like that you do this professionally, and it's very set up with your headsets on. It's very cute. Yes, <laughs> I woke up this morning, and I did the workouts. My veins were popping out. Okay, I was doing the workouts for the girls, and I had the curls. Yes, like this. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two. Yeah, I'm in overhead presses now. One, yeah, 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 and I throw them down. I don't care if I break the glass. It's my gym. Yes. Remember the story, the movies, like the kindergarten cop? One, two, three, four. Breathing, writing, arithmetic. Too much homework makes me sick. Yes. Who's your daddy and what does he do? This is phenomenal. Kindergarten cop. I love that you threw that one in. If you start speaking at schools, JD, you got to pull this stuff out. That will immediately yeah. get their attention. My goodness. Okay. Last one. Can you do the Napoleon Dynamite? Hello. 
is Pedro there? Okay, bye. Hey, Kip, can you bring me some chapstick? My lips hurt real bad. Napoleon, the nurse has like five sticks in her drawer. What? Gross. Idiot. <laughs> he's like, he's like, um, it's been a while since I've seen that. He goes, we've been doing all day. Napoleon, you're just jealous because I've been chatting to hot babes online all day. <laughs> the phone's like the best thing that's ever happened to me. She's got like sandy blonde hair. Anyway. Sorry. Hey. So well done, good. my man. So, JD, do you is your wife impressed by these impressions, or do you drive her nuts when you no. do these impressions for her? Um, I, well, I don't really do them very often. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, you know, there's like an ace up the sleeve or whatever. But I need to get more. I need to be mature, and because I do, I do tickle her too often, and it's not. She's an adult. It's not enjoyable for her. So, um, so we're excited. We're gonna have. Um, we're gonna have some little littles you know coming here soon so um wait was this uh, breaking news wait, yes yeah. is that yeah, breaking it's not, news it's not public but uh we've been we've been praying um and and we're 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 pregnant we works we're, we're i'm gonna leave the details out but yeah october yeah. well oh, done my man congratulations steph our first breaking news on our yep. podcast right tell us here. Good story. Tell us so jd story. this will actually drop next friday so if you want me to edit that part out, yes, let me know. Yes, we totally can. But Talk to your wife. Let us know. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I figured it out. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Well done. Well, JD, that is a phenomenal way to end this. It is. If there's any opportunity down the road, we would love to have you on again. And we can talk about being a health advocate Absolutely. or stem cell research, anything you want. This was phenomenal, yeah. my man. So thank, thank you, you thank so much you, for being you. a guest. Yeah, no, thank you for what you guys are doing and and uh, any good stories that can help other people put a smile on their face, start there. I think you you guys are doing great work. So Awesome. Thank, well, thank you. you. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Listeners, if you like what you just saw, like what you just heard, please go to iTunes, go to YouTube and subscribe, rate, review this podcast. That's the only way we'll be able to continue to produce this. Where else can they go, Stephanie? They can go to kevinandsteph.com. That's all I know, though. So, is that it? You crushed it. Yes, crushed it. Thank you, listeners. The story of my life, I give a heart. I spend her love until she's broke.